Hello everyone and welcome back to Something Cinematic, the movie and television podcast where we talk about what we've been watching. My name is George Lopez and I'm here as always with my co-host, Mike Hoops Gonzalez. How you doing? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a really fun episode planned for you guys today. We have a couple of really special guests. Justin Gillespie, say hello. Hello, hello. And Cedric Lije. What's going on? What's going on? All right, I didn't butcher your last name. All right, well, thank you guys for being here. Looking forward to talking to you guys, you guys about the kind of movies and television shows that you like. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Doctor Strange today. Um, but before we actually get into it, just want to remind everyone that you can find all of our episodes on iTunes. Um, so you can subscribe there, leave us a comment and a review if you enjoy listening to the show. So just search for Something Cinematic on iTunes and hit that subscribe button. Or any other um, podcast app, really. Or any podcast app. There you go. So, there are a lot uh, that are better than iTunes, I think. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there you go, guys. Just hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate it. Um, so, all right. So like I mentioned, we got Justin and Cedric here. And uh, really quick, guys, I guess if you want to introduce yourself to our listeners, let's we'll start with you, uh, Cedric. All right. Well, uh, yeah. As you know, I'm Cedric. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at Mister You Weak as Hell. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, essentially, I'm I'm just happy to be on something like this because I mean, I watch TV and watch movies all day. I mean, it gets to a point where you know, my wife asks me, you know, is, is this what you're gonna do all day? <laughs> so I mean, uh, and now it's for a purpose. Absolutely, was studying. Right. Absolutely, I told her I was doing some homework, so you know, <laughs> you know, I didn't get too much. So yeah, yeah. it was all leading to this moment, Absolutely. right? For this moment, preparation. Uh, but Justin, yeah. So uh, obviously, big movie, TV kind of guy as well. I don't have a, as much time to watch TV and movies <laughs> as much as probably Cedric does, but um, you know, I definitely when I hone in on a show or a movie, it's it's something that I'm talking about for days and weeks. So looking forward to talking about what I'm interested in, and you know, George, I know we run together, so it's it's always a topic of conversation when we run. So yeah, it's actually good to be talking about it and having people listen to what you got to say. So indeed, yeah. Well, thank you guys for being here. Um, you know, like like Justin mentioned, you know, I, we, we've known each other for uh, how, how long? When, when did we meet? What, like I would say probably a year ago. Yeah, through yeah. Three Run Two, the yeah. running group, uh, the best running group in the whole world. In the, in the <laughs> land, in all the land. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, we're big, we're all big movie and television nerds. Uh, so, you know, that's why we do, we do the show. We love getting people on that feel the same way uh, about this stuff, like, you know, Mike and I. So, yeah, so, so we, before... You guys came on the sh- uh, before we actually scheduled you guys to come on the show. We sent you a questionnaire, um, you know, just like to to get gauged, you know, your interests and and you know to try to figure out what kind of movies and and shows you guys like. Uh, I know you guys are you guys um, like different things, but uh, it seems like you, you're both really into action movies uh, and like comedies, you know. Um, but you know, obviously, there's a variety of other different genres that you're into. Um, but that's one of the reasons why I thought you know Doc. Doctor Strange would be a really fun movie to talk about, yeah, um, because it kind of hits both of those, you know, both of those uh, genres. But uh, but before we actually, you know, talk about that that movie, just wanted to actually give give like the audience an idea of the kind of stuff that you're really into, right? So, um, if Justin, if you can share, what are some of your favorite movies? Like, if you can 
list your top three. So I've always been like a big sci-fi kind of guy, but also sci-fi and then I would say like historical kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely Star Wars, the original is definitely always one that uh, kind of gets me going. All yeah. six, I think, have been great. Well, seven now. Um, I really like the last one. Uh, Back to the Future, that, that three-part series was awesome. Um, a lot of references to... Uh, I always make a lot of references to that movie whenever I even talk to people. Mm-hmm. And then I say, like, out of my favorite, like, historical movies, I say Saving Private Ryan was also a great movie. Love it. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was a great storyline. I actually read that they... Everybody but Matt Damon had to go through, like, basic army training. Yeah. And it kind of made them kind of resent him because they didn't... Because he didn't have to go through that. <laughs> right. I actually just read that, like, maybe, like, uh, a couple of days ago. So mm-hmm. that was always an interesting uh, movie to me just to see, like, how yeah. D.D. happened and all that stuff like that. So yeah. it was it was, it was was definitely one of my top movies for sure. Yeah, that's a great list. Um, I, I love those movies as well, you yeah. know? So... So you said uh, Star Wars, like, are you referring to New Hope? Is that like your favorite of all the... Seven? So I would say if you had to rank them, I would go... Uh, the original, obviously, is the is the best to me. New, uh, yeah, and being New Hope. Yeah. The the one where uh, Empire Strikes Back. The second. Know, is definitely number, number two. Oh, I love that one. Um, but then I liked the what would technically be the, uh, the last one where they introduced Darth Vader... Where he where he becomes Darth Vader. Episode three. Yeah. So episode three. Yeah. Yeah. So episode three, where they introduced Darth Vader and how he became Darth Mm -hmm. Vader. I think that's like my top three. Gotcha. This new one though, I I definitely did like it. It just doesn't crack that that top three for me just Uh yet. Interesting. Because the amount of hate that the uh, the prequel trilogy gets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I. didn't like the first one, and I think that colored my view of the rest of them. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's a thing, I forget what it's called, the uh, Chainsaw Order or something like that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Right. Where they tell you to jump around, yeah. skip the first, or episode one. Yeah. Uh, watch, I think, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, then episode two, episode three. Yeah. Then jump back for... Uh, which is right, weird. Which I, I gotta try that. I haven't tried that yet, but I've heard about huh. that. Yeah, yeah, I heard it makes it better. It makes really? Yeah, better. Those, I've never heard that before. There, yeah, there seems to be like a general consensus that yeah. episode two and three were actually pretty decent. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my memory is just colored by <laughs> my kind of rejection of the the prequel trilogy just in general. Yeah. I need to go back and rewatch them. So you're, you're referring to episode. One. Episode episode two and three. Episode one's a bad one. One one's a bad. One. I think maybe they're not all bad. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. There were obviously uh, with the villain in in episode one, uh, Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Yeah. That entire sequence is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're not lying about that one. Yeah. So I I love that you, there's like a mixture of yes, like sci-fi adventure, right. but then also like a a, a straight up war movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like I love that. I yeah. love war movies. Obviously, as a veteran, like I just have like a special place in my heart for yeah. for those movies. And Saving Private Ryan is in my top like you know three as well. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's a very special movie. It's the first time I th- I'm pretty sure it's like the first time we've seen a very graphic representation of what like D Day was like, mm-hmm. or, or or just you know a war in general. Like yeah. I, I just it would just seem very real, um, and I think that's why one of the reasons why it was so impactful, <clears throat> especially that opening scene, right? That like uh, storming the beaches of Normandy, right? Yeah, um, yeah. That those first like 15 minutes of nonstop, just yeah. like action were incredible and yeah. it pretty much changed the way 
military movies were made from then on. Right, because right? so, I mean, you have so many, you have so many people trying to land on that beach, and so many people didn't even make it off the beach. Yeah. Right, and so then you have this core group of guys, and each one of them, each one of them has a story to tell throughout the course of the movie, and then you yeah. learn so much more about like Tom Hanks's character. And they're looking for this one dude, and you find out more about him. Yeah. So it's like everybody's trying to get home. Everybody's yeah. trying to get back to their wife or to their to their normal life. It, it it almost seemed like they didn't really want to be there, but it was also like, well, this is what I signed up for, and this is mm. this is what it is. So yeah. it it was a great story. It was a great movie, and. You know, definitely a, a classic when it comes to war movies for sure. Yeah, and the cast was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Know, like, there were a few guys in there that uh, blew up after, not necessarily because of this movie, but mm-hmm. just ended up having like great, started like starting having great careers. Yeah, um, Vin, Vin Diesel. Vin right? Diesel, yeah, <laughs> yeah. insane. Yeah, um, but he was awesome in it. So yeah, like just a, yeah. Uh, so that's just kind of crazy. Like when you rewatch it and you see all these familiar faces now, you're like, holy shit, like that guy was in it too. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. So, the same thing with uh, the HBO series Band of Brothers and, yeah. and the Pacific, was, which yeah, I've, obviously it, all, all, both of them produced by Spielberg and yeah. Tom Hanks, I believe. Yeah. He might have been involved in production, but yeah, yeah. that's right. Both yeah. of them. It seems like everything involved in World War II, Tom Hanks is. Yeah. That's interesting because it seems like if done right, Rogue One should be right up your alley. Yeah. As a, as yeah. a, a Star Wars film that is inspired by those types true. of war movies yeah very true very true alright so uh, Cedric what about you what are your top three movies okay well first one I got is uh, Turtles 2 uh, Secret of the Ooze of course uh, a classic absolutely did I you mean, just go right off the AFI best films list or? I mean <laughs> 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 no it's like the thing is like most people say oh no the first one was the best well see the thing is is a lot of them well when you look at the movies their, their their source material essentially, of course, is Ninja Turtles, but yeah. it's a little different. Cause see, for example, the first one is more reminiscent of the comic book, whereas the second one is more reminiscent of the um, the the cartoon that a lot of us grew up on. Yeah. Like you have the more goofiness and the silliness, cause it got it got even more silly in the second one. Like yeah. in the first one, it was a bit more serious, cause like a lot of people don't understand, like know like in the first. Tur- like in the comic book before it became the TV show it was very serious yeah. and it was actually a lot of serious stuff that went on like for example like my favorite Ninja Turtle is Donatello now the thing is I mean I've always, I mean the the brains as well as he's still able to kick everybody's ass right <laughs> so but the thing is like in the comic book he was the first Ninja Turtle to kill someone mm. right he killed a foot soldier who was trying to kill Splinter right but like and then also when you get to the comic book, of course, him and, or the movies, him and uh, Mikey, they feed off of each other in a way that's very different and very unique. Uh-huh. Uh, so like you highlight that that uh, relationship between those two, and then of course, I mean, probably one of the best parts of any movie is Vanilla Ice. And, <laughs> and, uh, Go I was getting Go. worried. Like oh, you, man. I was expecting you to go right to Vanilla Ice, <laughs> and then you like launch into this serious analysis. <laughs> That was probably the, the best uh, analysis and like and most of, of unexpected. Yeah, it was like, incredible. Yeah, like I remember, like I got into an argument with my brother, my older brother. Like for example, like he's one of those people. Like he was like, eh, "This is all right," because he man was his thing. Yeah. So uh, you know, he was very much a hater. So, anyways, um, he was like, "Man, this is stupid." Like you know, the first one was better because, and one of his reasoning was. Um, Super Shredder. We saw Super Shredder, but 
Like, uh, it wasn't any real fighting. I'm like, well, I mean, it was a super shredder. Like, what you expect <laughs> was going to happen? Like, they were going to have this huge choreographed, like, fight? No, like, no. Yeah. Like, everybody was, that was legit fear. Like, what are you talking about? Right. So, that's forever probably my number one. Wow. That, yeah. that first You one. made a great case for it, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that... Um, and I've always been a fan of like gangster movies and gangster shows, so Godfather. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people go with the first, I mean, the second one, but I have a certain affinity for the first one. Yeah. Marlon Brando and Sonny, like those were two characters, like, well, Marlon Brando, Godfather, obviously, mm-hmm. and then Sonny, like those were two characters I feel like that were extremely influential. And very, um, and very important to the to to the um, to the story because, like, you know, Sonny played a role even into the third one because you know his son came in, Vincent Mancini. He came in and he had a, a temperament that was exactly like his father's, mm-hmm. and that's what led to a lot of trouble. And then that, of course, the way he died at the toll booth was like crazy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just nuts. And yeah, then, it's iconic scene. Yeah, that and the scene when he beat up Carlo uh, after beating up his daughter, his sister, and that one is a fantastic scene. But it's also hilarious because you can see those fake punches. You can see those <laughs> fake punches. Like he threw a punch. He threw he threw like three punches. And you could l- cl- clearly see he did not touch him at all. Yeah. It was hilarious. And it was just like, what were they seeing in the editing room that they just like, <laughs> let this slide? Yeah. Uh, um, and then, I mean, just the, the whole gangster... The whole gangster scene of it was just amazing. Right. It kind of created the modern archetype of what gangster movies are. I mean, in the past... In the, the 30s and 40s, we had a very kind of like, ah, see, type mm-hmm. of gangster. And yeah, absolutely. It, it, it really changed after The Godfather to be kind of that, like family, low-key. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it's, uh, I like that you picked two uh, like trilogies mm-hmm. um, in which like the third movie for each one is considered for like the worst and really terrible one. Mm-hmm. Was there a third Ninja Turtles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one went back in time. It went back in time. Yeah, that's why it was uh, nice. <laughs> Honestly, I, I enjoyed that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed that one as well. I mean, it was Ninja Turtles, so I was down for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And, and then my uh, third movie is Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Now, a lot of people jump to just Dark Knight, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, and I understand, like, Dark Knight was amazing. I think. Personally, to me, I feel like Dark Knight Rises was the better movie, but the job that Heath Ledger did in Dark Knight was so huge. It was such a like transcendent or iconic type of portrayal of Joker because... Like and, and the thing is is if you notice is in the movies you get a different Joker, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the very first one, the nineteen sixties, you get the the goofy silly Joker, right? Yeah. Then you get the gangster Joker from Jack Nicholson, then you get the chaotic uh anarchist yeah. uh Heath Ledger Joker, and then of course you got Jared Leto with the you know, the psychopath, that individual. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like his Joker was so good that people viewed the movie in a more favorable light. Mm-hmm. To me, I, f- I enjoy Dark Knight Rises better because in that one, Batman was tested in a way that had never happened before. Mm-hmm. So he was tested physically. Yeah. 
and he was tested spiritually and his hope was tested. All of that was tested. And like when he when when Bane broke his back, he didn't just break him physically. He broke his spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had to not only repair his body, he had to repair his spirit. He had to repair his drive. Yeah. So I always look at that. Now, I, I mean, I, I look at that aspect of the movie and I look I view it. Uh, as a better movie mm-hmm. because of how he was tested. And then, I mean, I just, like, Tom Hardy cold as hell to me. <laughs> yeah. like, Tom yeah. Hardy is cold yeah. as hell. Like he, he, like, he typically, he's one of those type of people where he just disappears in a role. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. one of those individuals. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, I, I like the voice. Like, a lot of people, like, that became like, like the go-to, like, oh, yes, sir. Everybody had a Bane impression. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like, that was the shit. Like, yeah. that was absolutely <laughs> the shit. So, those are my top three. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that you, you like, you're judging a lot of these movies by the emotional impact and the, the relationships between characters and all that stuff that, you know, like, I, I love that. That's kind of like something that I look for in movies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I've, like, mentioned on the show many times before, it was like, when something can resonate emotionally or just like you can read like deeper meaning and get deep, deeper meaning from it mm-hmm. like I love that you know because yeah. it makes you think and it makes you just really get attached to the characters and everything too mm-hmm. so that goes with the writing and it also just goes to the performances uh, so it's all gotta just come together like perfectly Absolutely. to get that effect you know to drive home that effect and when a movie is successful in that way mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's extremely uh, effective, you know, and and so those are the kind of movies that definitely resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you actually are making me appreciate these movies a lot more than I had before too, you know, yeah. especially like Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I wasn't right, a huge you know? fan of Dark Knight Rises. I'm, yeah. I fall with most people in the Dark Knight mm-hmm. category. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, maybe it's something we'll bring up later. But mm-hmm. uh, for me, the the Batman movies have always been about the villain. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. And yeah, Heath Ledger's performance yeah. was Oscar worthy. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, Batman it's... has the best villains of all the super for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really cool, man. So yeah, thanks for sharing. Uh, so let's talk about television, guys. So uh, Justin, uh, back to you. Um, so what are some of your favorite TV shows? So of all time, I'd say my number one is The Wire, hands mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. I think The Wire goes into a lot of, you know, what we look at here in Chicago, when you look at any major urban city, when it look when you look at the youth, uh, like minority youth, um, and then also all the aspects that go into how, like, lower income people got to where they were. Yeah. And then how, like, other, like, the government, how the media, how everything kind of plays a part in, like, kind of this drug trade. Mm-hmm. And... And how it affects them from an educational standpoint, from a political standpoint. So it really, it had a lot of layers throughout the entire series where, you know, they focused on introducing the drug trade in the the first season. They talked about the docs in the second season. I think they started introducing more of the kids in the third Mm -hmm. season. Um, And then you see how they grow over the course of time in the fourth and the fifth season. But then they also introduced like the media and how politics play a part. Uh, a part of it so yeah. I think it was the most intricate and like layered series that we've seen probably in the last 10 to 20 years where you can say man I learned so much about how cities function and how things can go wrong in the city so quickly and how much a, 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 an effect that drugs can have on a, on, a, on a country but also on a, on a major metropolitan city so yeah. 
it was one of those things where it kind of hit home, not necessarily because like I grew up that way, but in terms of just like being an African American and understanding like, you know, having family that has, you know, you know, been living in urban cities and how we're portrayed in urban cities and in the media and by journalists. It's just always you always think about it in modern day and this day and time is like there is something going on behind the curtain that we are not aware of. Yeah. And there's always an agenda that's behind the curtain that you are not aware of that somebody is kind of manipulating the system and manipulating what's going on yeah. in the urban city. So it's one of those things where you you become more conscious of like the decisions that you make, but then also like how much you need to be involved politically um, in your community. So yeah. it that's definitely like one of my favorite uh, series of all time. Oh, it's yeah. my number yeah. one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. It's definitely on my Mount Rushmore. I think that it, it's so brilliant because not only is it just on, a, on an episode to episode basis very entertaining, mm. so it keeps you hooked, and it's the type of thing that I mean, like I have family members who are police officers. I'm right, like, you would like this. Like yeah. you would like it because there's a procedural aspect that we usually see in these like cop shows and other things, but it, it is also a show that is expressly about the system, like right. the system in which we live mm. and, and this idea that usually these shows that uh, we tend to see the, the uh, shows that are about the drug trade or about law enforcement right is always from the perspective of like the beat cop mm-hmm. so yeah. there's a million law and order and other police shows Chicago PD because they want to make them the hero you know right. what I'm saying at the end of the day and, and it, it tends to it, it paints a very one-sided picture mm-hmm. and this was entirely about how how this environment exists why are there drug dealers why are the police this way why is the media this way and it goes into every aspect as you said the educational system yeah the newspaper industry the, the law enforcement side what is it like why why people get into the drug trade yeah and what are the mechanics of that and every part of that and it it was created by david simon mm-hmm. written and created by david simon who himself was a journalist in baltimore mm-hmm. and so he brought a lot of his like past experience on the job to right. that uh, and yeah, I mean, we don't see that kind of uh, of examination of the system, and that's why it's, it's it, I think it's an important show. Yeah, it's yeah, a show that like definitely. everybody should see just because of the perspective it provides. Yeah, right. and Ed Burns is also another person that was uh, involved with David Simon and the creation of the show and you know uh, he's a former police officer former teacher as well so mm-hmm. those two guys with their different backgrounds and idea of you know of these different things and uh like bringing that together really painted a really clear picture of of all the shit that you know people have to go through in large cities that are struggling like right. baltimore you know yeah um yeah you're right and i i love that show so much um it's a very important show i totally agree about that season four was my favorite because uh, it concentrates that's the one that concentrates on the school system school yeah so that's mm-hmm. one where like you get to really meet the kids and and, and you know uh and i grew attached to those kids yeah dude you know like it's mm-hmm. so incredible Mike. that tv show can do that but Mike. it's like yeah yep. but but like i i and man they just you know the casting was incredible because everyone played their part perfectly and you really believe that this, you know, like you really buy into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's love just, McNulty, love Bunk. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bunk, Bunk is awesome. Michael B. Jordan. Came Michael out of B. Jordan. That. Michael Wallace. B. Jordan came out yeah. of that. Yeah. Wallace. So, yeah. 
I mean, it was a lot of good characters in that. I, yeah. I think like Omar, baby. Oh, Omar, Omar for sure. Yeah. Omar, Dude, Omar, like, our president's favorite character. That was my. That was like my favorite thing about Obama when he first got elected. He said his favorite character on the wire was Omar. Yeah. Like, Omar I loved having a president who liked the wire and had a favorite character that was Omar. Yeah. So you run up on the king, you best not miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, dude, they had so many characters that had their own thing going. I think yep. the the one episode that I was like, damn, is when when got killed. Yeah. That, by his, by his man. boys too. That broke my heart. You know what I'm saying? That <laughs> was like that was, that was crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So. That show, like, it, it made you get attached to the characters, and it made you sympathize with, you know, everyone, pretty much. Well, not everyone, because obviously there were scumbags and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Some, of, some of the scumbag politicians and all that shit. But it just really made you think about, like, how all the corrupt, uh, you know, the politics and, and, and politicians, how it really does it affects families, it affects these kids that are... That, sometimes they have no choice but to just fall into that yeah. sort of thing. And it's like, so, you know, it, it makes you... Think about uh, for someone that's never been around that sort of thing. It makes you think about like how people just quickly judge other people um, and and, and their you know, put, them, put them in a certain mm-hmm. category. Yeah. when it's like not fair, you know, yeah. it's, like, it's not fair. And I I didn't grow up like that, so like yeah. that was like the first time, maybe like one of the first or second times where you see someone on TV and it's like, man, I didn't even know it was. It was like that for kids yeah. my age or younger than me. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. yeah. it's like to be 14, 15 years old and have to decide, like, am I going to sell drugs today or am I going to go to school? Yeah. It's like I never had to deal with that. So it kind of hits you kind of hard because you're like, man, there are kids that shouldn't be having to think about that. Indeed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great That's heavy. That's heavy. Show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on, <laughs> the flip, on the flip side. I would say like another one would definitely be uh, House of Cards. Yeah. You know, like. When you look at the political game, and I know that show originated from um, the UK, and they kind of brought it over and made it more uh, Americanized, but yeah. that is like one show where you're like, every twist and turn, every like decision that's made in the show affects somebody two, like, two stories down, or like it's all intertwined. And just to see how American politics plays out, where you have a guy like... Um, to do Frank Underwood. Frank, Frank Underwood. Frank. Um, where you have like a dude that from like Frank Underwood that was like the whip. Spoilers. 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 How is that? Oh, it's like you never spoiled it. There's gotta be there's gotta be a limit on the spoilers, man. You've had it on Netflix for how many years now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't. My fault for not. I didn't spoil it. Oh, oh. So <laughs> just to right, see, right. just to see how he can manipulate people and manipulate things yeah. is no different than what we see going on today. Mm-hmm. Like you have, you have politicians that hold out on on passing bills because they want to get something else passed, mm-hmm. and how they can manipulate people and manipulate uh, people's lives and their livelihoods. To, to, to kind of feed their own personal gain and their own personal greed. Yeah. So it's it's one of those shows where, you know, you become more uh, politically conscious and, like, understand, like, hey, behind the curtain, these people are doing some, probably some really bad things to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just to see how that kind of 
uh, matriculates as as the season's going on, and I know you will see more <laughs> as you go on, yeah, that's right. seeing as you're stuck on yeah. season two right now. After, after this week the and uh, the election, I think I'm going to stay away for anything political for a little while. But yeah, so, I don't blame you, brother. So what would be your your third favorite? Third favorite, and I kind of go back and forth between number three. Obviously, Breaking Bad is is definitely a classic series, but I would say. If I had to choose between the two, just because like if it comes on right now, if there's a marathon of this that came on right now, I yeah. would definitely watch it. And that would be ER. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like I remember being in college and starting to watch ER because I think they had them on like TNT or TBS. And they started from the beginning and they went all the way towards the end of like the season that they had syndicated. And I just remember like thinking I was in college and I was like, man, do I kind of want to be a doctor? Because this seems, <laughs> it seems so, like, so action-packed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, dude, and they had so many characters that like went in, went out. You had a lot of major characters in that show. Like, yeah. you had, uh, I can't remember what dude's name is now, but he had another NBC show. He was, um, I can't remember his name in the show, but like, they had a lot of major characters at that time in the, like, the 90s. That still are are doing a lot of good work today. Wasn't George Clooney? Uh, well, yeah, George most Clooney, notably George Clooney. Yeah. George Clooney was in it. Um, I think another oh, cat in that had. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the guy that has like a TNT sci-fi. Yeah, show? he has a TNT sci-fi yeah, show. Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm gonna look him up, but like yeah. that was probably like my favorite show. That was about like I mean it was set in Chicago too. So yeah, yeah. Um, but it 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 kind of brought you into like the medical world and like how drama field it can be and like how they never get any sleep and yeah. how they also have lives outside of out of work because usually when you think of doctors you just think like they got a lot of money they they go and serve people every day but like they actually have lives and families and stuff like that and yeah. they have their own personal drama too so um and it is also like kind of brought you into how you're a medical student and then you become you do this residency and you become this doctor because a lot of the a lot of the characters you see start off as medical students and then mm-hmm. become like a resident and they become the doctor and they become the attending. Mm-hmm. So it had a lot of like taking people from from the bottom to the top. Yeah. And I, cool. I, that was a, a definitely a dope series that I liked. And if it came on today, I would probably still watch it. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Even it though it was like set in the 90s. Like they would walk out of Cook County Hospital. They're like, let's go get lunch. And they walk out of Cook County Hospital and they're like walking on the lakefront on Michigan yeah. Avenue. Right. <laughs> they they never tied like yeah. where everything was right. together. They're like, yeah, no yeah, one. No one who's watching this ever been to Chicago. It makes sense. Right. Yeah, um, but uh, Cedric, so tell us about your favorite shows. Okay, well, um, I, I went more so with the current because uh, mm-hmm. if I go back all time, I mean, we could be here all day. Yeah. But um, first one I put is Game of Thrones. I mean, Game of Thrones at this point is an event. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a institution, so to speak, because I mean, literally, you go on Facebook, you go on Twitter, it is live tweeted, live posted, what have you, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, its ability to draw you in, and the thing is, is I put so many people on the show, mm-hmm. and it took like, for example, it took me like two, three years to get my parents on the show, like oh. badgering them because initially, <laughs> what it is is um, with them, it's like if I like it, they automatically write it off. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's how my parents. Are. If, if I like it, they automatically write me off because they're like, you like that young stuff. You, you like, <laughs> you know. What I mean? Because so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm like, look, you got to watch it. You have to watch this damn show. Yeah. So 
And a lot of people are like, I can't get past the first episode. It's so boring. I was like, no, get past <laughs> the first episode. The thing is, one thing I love about it, one is because it is a book, right? Initially, right? So what it has is it has a there is a structured plot to it already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It isn't a bunch of people freelancing. Now, of course, they add some changes to it because you can't be verbatim. You know right. what I'm saying? Everything can't be exactly from the book. Yeah. But there is a structure set in place for them. So what they do is, is I mean, the, 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 the character development is amazing to me. Yeah. Um, and one thing it does is its ability to surprise you is like I've never seen it before on any type of show. Right. Like I mean, when they kill saying it's like what? Like, <laughs> like this is like that a lot of oh shit moments. The guy, Absolutely. Yeah. Like, what? I'm like, what the fuck is yeah. this? I was it, it threw me. I was like, what? And then like um and then when you move on yeah. My, well, we're gonna be careful with spoilers, though. Oh. Like, we just have to be careful, <laughs> okay, okay. okay. I know, I know, there are some people that that's that good. listen that I know they for a fact. That don't okay, that. that's fine. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. I understand. I, I respect the spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers behind season one. I respect that. I respect that. But, but like yeah. its ability to build and develop characters, its uh, ability to um, tell a story that is very compelling, mm-hmm. and how they weave different storylines and they're all separate and the thing is they're 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 developing these characters that's in completely different parts of the earth right yeah. but at one point you know for a fact it's all going to lead to the same exact place and I'm just enjoying the journey mm-hmm. indeed yeah it's I mean, been incredible for sure absolutely. i totally agree it's a, it's one of my favorite shows now i did not expect to love it as much as i did um, as i do mm-hmm. um, when it first came out I was kind of one of those people that was a little hesitant to watch it. Um, but yeah, I was hooked after a couple episodes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then I started reading the books. And I you know, I read the books pretty much up until, you know, like before the show actually mm-hmm. caught up to it, the books, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, like the books were incredible. Absolutely. They're, they're yeah, I was one of those smug favorite. book readers. I was like, uh, people recommended to me yeah. over and over again before the, the, the show was being made. And then when when the show was being in production, when it was put in production, that became like the deadline. I had to read the books by then, mm-hmm. and I, I read them first. So before I saw any of them, and yeah. I was just like blown away. The books are yeah. incredible. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, to your point, it's not like something like Lost, where Lost they'll write they'll write a season or they'll have a season arc, and when you're doing a show like that, you don't know where it's going to be a hit. You don't know mm-hmm. whether it's going to be on the air for you know a absolutely. full season. So you write every storyline. You can't think too far ahead. Mm-hmm. You may have to pivot and change it. And inevitably, you start, you know, chasing the criticism and, and responding to it. Whereas mm-hmm. something like Game of Thrones, they had, you know, four seasons plotted out already. They had the waypoints set up. And like you said, there were small changes. Obviously, they they made, I think, some interesting, really good changes Absolutely. for the show. Absolutely. You know, shuffling some characters and whatnot and bringing some characters together. But uh, knowing that you're going to have, like, what's going to happen four seasons from now mm-hmm. before you make your first episode mm-hmm. means you can have a background character in the first episode who's not going to be really be important until season three or four. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can bring them along really slowly. And so when they develop fully in season four, mm-hmm. it, it's that much more impactful. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For like, sure. Great show. Like, Definitely. one of my favorite changes is um, the changes to Rob Stark. Mm-hmm. Because he is much more of a much more of an important character in the show than he is in the book. Right. I mean, in the book, he's not a POV character, so yeah, you're just no, kind of right. like hearing about his stuff yeah, and talking. Right. right. And so yeah. that, but 
he's up there as far as one of my favorite characters as yeah. well. Mm. Um, but you know, I mean, everybody hears about Game of Thrones. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's you know, the yeah. most popular show yeah, in the world. So. Show Absolutely. Sure. That and then after that, I will go with the Blacklist. That's currently oh, okay. on NBC. Yeah. Uh, with James Spader. And the thing is, is I love that show. Main reason is because of James Spader. Mm, the main awesome. reason is because he, you can tell that role was meant for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It fits him. It is him, so to speak. Because, for example, I, I was first introduced to James Spader on Boston Legal. With him and his interactions with uh, William Shatner and everything like that, yeah. I thought like the way they interacted with each other, like that was perfect. Because <laughs> it got to a point where like when the show was starting to end, like in the later seasons, a lot of those other characters like left. Yeah. They were wrote, written out of the uh, out of the story, but those two took so much of the story that you could rely on them to. You can like you can like rest the show on their shoulders because they were that good together yeah. especially and he's the same thing with uh the blacklist and one thing i know like one thing i love about the show is his ability for the long con or hmm. the long the long play yeah. uh because he's setting he's and, and the thing is like he's he's got the fbi on their toes and he's keeping uh he's having them do his dirty work while helping them at the same the yeah. same exact time so he's ha- he's helping them out giving them these criminals but at the same time he has an overall plan mm-hmm. that's the, and he's just moving the pieces and he's that's just absolutely right, he's yeah. just moving the pieces and he at this point because I think this is season four right now yeah. like right now he's set oh, up wow, in like four seasons yeah right? I want to say a season four like he's set up in like one of the best places right now like mm-hmm. he's he's maneuvered his way until he's like he's up there as far as criminals go mm-hmm. right Every, all of the elite criminals know who he is they fear him and stuff like that and um i mean honestly it really comes down to james Spader and his ability to carry that show mm-hmm. it's just amazing he's someone like willem dafoe where he's just naturally menacing yeah. there's something about him his yeah. voice it's yeah his voice. I, yeah i've never seen that show uh but i've heard really good things about Absolutely. it i think he, i don't know if fantastic. he won an emmy but he was nominated for an emmy i believe yeah. and he may have won he's, Golden a, Globe. he's fantastic yeah, yeah. I, I mean he was in uh <clears throat> Uh, Stargate, which is an old, older mm-hmm. sci-fi yeah, movie, yeah. like so the really like the that. one role where he didn't play a, a horrible asshole. Right, I was gonna say like, yeah, he's really fallen yeah. into fallen into that kind of guy now. Like he plays that kind of character. Yeah, but I mean, he's really good at it. He's though. Mm-hmm. So, really, really. Yeah, good so I, I gotta check that show out for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Was that your third one? No, that's my second oh. one. My last, <laughs> one, my last one. It was gonna be House of Cards. I mean, that's. The, oh, okay. But. There's another show that's very, very similar to it. I'm yeah. not sure if you ever heard it, like Boss. Oh, Boss. Yeah. Boss used to be a star sh- show. It was a okay, star. Yeah. It only had two, two seasons. seasons. Oh, that's good. Oh, okay. it was, but it was that good. Yeah? Because... Oh. Who is the star of that? Uh, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Okay. All right. Now I remember the show. He stars as the mayor of Chicago. Essentially, what it is, it's like... It's almost like... House of Cards, but strictly for the city of Chicago. What? And the thing about it is, he's been Thomas Kane. That's his, that's the mayor's name, right? Yeah. He's been um, based off of the dailies. 
okay. off of the two dailies and Good the corruption idea. and the moves and how he maneuvered and the way he was, what well the way they were yeah. type of people like those type that type of corruption. So you can it's very very similar to um, to House of Cards, but it's exclusive for Chicago. Yeah. Gotcha. So you can really see like I mean for the and the thing is it was so good and it was so real in terms of ex, uh, explaining and illustrating the corruption mm-hmm. that the aldermans of Chicago had it shut down. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 that's why I don't hear You know and I was going to say like I was going to make a joke about something like that happening. Uh, Man, that's crazy they though. They had it like, shut down. They were not playing with them. But wow, <laughs> that's that's that really intrigued by that. Absolutely. For like sure, yeah. he's Really good. Um, another guy who was on there, who was uh, it was a news reporter who was trying to you know uncover his corruption. Um, yeah. If any of you've seen Ballers, mm-hmm. it's the guy Jason, the agent on there. Yeah, he was in that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He okay. was in that show. Like it, it's it's on Netflix. I, I believe it's still on Netflix. It's okay. only two seasons, but it is amazing. Yeah, I gotta check that out. Now. Like I'm not a Kelsey Grammer fan. Yeah. Like the whole the whole like idea of the show and like the the plot and everything sounds really interesting mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah, when you see him as the mayor, you're like, you're, at, at first you're like. Fuck, it's Kelsey Grammer. But <laughs> he he starts like talking. Frazier's the mayor of Chicago, right? Like and then, and like you know, they call the mayor here boss. So it's like yep. he starts. Yeah. He goes in as being the mayor of Chicago. He's it's like he's, crazy. He's boss. He carries himself like the mayor of Chicago, yeah. and they're like, he's the mayor of Chicago. He's probably one of the most dangerous people in the country <laughs> because I mean we all know how Chicago gets down in their politicians so right, he's the, the boss of it all the political machine and, yeah. and a few other people who were in there uh, T.I. was in it uh, yeah. he, and it was funny because it was one scene he's supposed to play like a, a guy who's up and coming on the south side of Chicago and what was hilarious to me it was one scene when he was talking to somebody and he said Joe like you know how it was back when we were younger when people yeah, said Joe yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying what's up Joe how you yeah. doing Joe and he said in the movie he said in the, he was talking to somebody in the scene he's like you feel me Joe and I started hollering laughing <laughs> it was so funny T.I. is from Atlanta because yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is no matter what he does you can hear it in his voice <laughs> that he's from Atlanta yeah. now a lot of people from Chicago they country anyway but still <laughs> it's a different type of country and then yeah. um, was it um, if anybody's seen the, uh, the show um uh, power, uh, uh-huh. power. The the character Andre. Yeah, he's actually in that show as well. That was his first start into acting because he was a, a student at North uh, Northwestern at the time, mm-hmm. and then that's how I knew he got the job. Yeah, yeah. oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, it's 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 uh that's I, I suggest anybody check that show out. Awesome. All right, well guys, really awesome stuff, man. Yeah, like, it's really. In depth, like uh, you know, conversations about all the shows and movies and everything. Really awesome stuff. Uh, so what we're gonna do now is we're actually just gonna take a break, okay. um, and then we're gonna come back and talk about Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, you think you know how the world works? What if I told you the reality you know is one of many? This doesn't make any sense. Not everything does. Not everything has to. Through the mystic arts, we harness energy 
and shape reality. We travel great distances in an instant. How do I get from here to there? How did you become a doctor? Study and practice. Here's the bit. There's a strength to him. But is he ready? All right, we're back and uh, we're ready to talk about Doctor Strange. Um, so, it's a big movie that just came out. I mean, we're recording this November 11th, uh, the Friday, which is a, a week after it came out. Um, you know, it's a big Marvel movie uh, starring uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, uh, Rachel McAdams, Mads Mikkelsen, Tilda Swinton, Benedict Wong. So, it's got an amazing cast. Uh, the casting and, itself is like a part of the story. To some yeah, degree. yeah, yeah. So it, it's super, super well, like a really well acted movie and everything. Just because obviously it's got a great cast. And, uh, but this is uh, kind of one of those movies that I was not necessarily too excited to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I even though I try try to avoid as much of the uh, trailers and everything, mm-hmm. uh, just because I know it's a very visual movie. Um, it was expected, obviously, because of the character. But uh, but so like you know a lot of times in, in trailers and Mike and I had a conversation about this uh, before before we started recording uh, just like how trailers tend to give away a lot of yeah a lot, you know so much and especially when it's like a very visual movie uh, it, it would just give away too much of those really cool things that you're expected to see you know mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of why I avoided it but anyways like like if you're not too familiar with Doctor Strange uh, I was not too familiar with him to be honest mm. and uh, but. Pretty much what the movie is about is this guy, he's a neurosurgeon, a very talented neurosurgeon, uh, gets into a terrible accident and uh, finds himself trying to find a way like uh, uh, to, to get back to where he was before as far as, you know, his, his, his health. Um, and so he kind of meets up with, uh, you know, some people that have taught him how to pretty much... How do you? What would you even describe that as? I think it's it's. I think they call it magic. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's magic and right? mysticism and whatnot. mysticism. So they kind of teach him, you know, Eastern the, mysticism. Eastern mysticism. So he kind of joins a group of, of of people that are really into that sort of thing, and that's pretty much how he get, gets his powers and everything like that. So, mm. um, and then just craziness ensues and everything. So, um, so yeah, Doctor Strange, guys. Uh, like I said, it came out last week. I w- actually watched it. The second day, Saturday, before it came out, and we watched it just before. We have to say when we watched it. I'm well, sure we all saw it. Well, I, 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 you didn't let me finish. I was going to say I actually have watched it twice, um, and I watched it right before we started recording. And uh, I got to be honest, guys, like I really enjoyed the movie the first viewing, and uh, I wasn't. I didn't. It didn't really take as well the second time around. Yeah. But uh, I just kind of want to hear what you guys think. Uh, let's start with. Uh, let's start with you, Mike. Uh. Well. I would say overall, I found it a pretty enjoyable film. I thought mm-hmm. the action sequences and the plot moved along pretty quickly. It's a pretty standard, I mean, what has now become a standard kind of Marvel superhero origin story. Yeah. Uh, you know, cock, cocky protagonist uh, has to be taken down a notch, then yeah. learns powers and becomes the hero. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, the, the visuals, as you said, I mean, this is... it's. I thought interestingly is it, the, the movie seems to clearly draw inspiration from Inception. Yeah, in, in kind of the visuals and the cities and whatnot, their right. fight scenes, action sequences, I should say. But uh, I thought the color palette was really interesting, especially for 
typical Marvel movies, the closest we've seen to this kind of like bright uh, neon almost color palette would be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. For me, it felt a lot like Pacific Rim in that sense. That's the last <laughs> film that I saw that had this kind of okay. aggressively bright neon color palette. Yeah, uh, and that was a nice change of pace for the, for the Marvel uh, series, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Um, overall, I'd say I enjoyed it. It had a, a lot of issues, a lot of the same issues that seemingly every Marvel movie has. Right. But uh, overall, I'd say solid. Oh wow! Okay, I was actually surprised. I was that you not that looking forward to this film. There was—I yeah. I told you—if we weren't reviewing it uh, on the podcast, I would have waited till it came out on video. Right. Uh, right. This felt like like a Thor movie to mm-hmm. me. Like one mm-hmm. of those movies that is not really essential and it's probably mm-hmm. not going to be great. But uh, I thought it was—I thought it was pretty good. Cool. All right. So let's go around the table with Cedric. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the movie Um, I enjoy Benedict Cumberpatch Often Um, I mean I I watch uh, Sherlock Mm -hmm. And I think he's amazing in that And I thought that he did pretty well In this movie as well Mm -hmm. Um, I was I was familiar with Doctor Strange I mean I'm one of those Um how would you say, like closet nerds, sneaky nerds, right? <laughs> like, like one of those nerds that people are surprised about. Like, even my brothers are surprised about it. Like, yeah. I mean, I didn't. I'll say this: I didn't know Doctor Strange as well as I know, say, for example, Batman or whatever. Yeah. But I'm aware of Doctor Strange. I'm aware of, you know, um, like a lot of times I draw the parallels between Marvel and DC. Like, he's the uh, equivalent of Doctor Fate in DC Comics. And he, because, you know, in DC, he's the mystics and the one who protects the you know, universe from all that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what I thought visually, camera work, editing, I thought the movie was amazing. Cool. I thought absolutely amazing. Of yeah. course, they had some changes from the comic book. Um, for example, like Mordo, how he ends... Cause you know, they foreshadowed him eventually becoming a villain, right? Mm-hmm. And in the comic book, he was he became the villain because he wanted to kill the ancient one. He tried to kill the ancient one. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Strange foiled that plan and all that type of stuff and that you know, that began the whole friction between those two. Mm-hmm. But I Thought like for example the the, the, the what is his name Maddie, Mads 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 Mickelson Mick, he is an amazing bad guy because yeah. he looks like a bad guy <laughs> yeah. he looks like a bad guy that I feel like is certain people like we were talking earlier there's certain people that just look like bad guys it's funny because to some degree that's addressed in the film yes yes Casillas <laughs> like he is he was very good for that particular role. Yeah. Uh, was it um, the ancient one? I mean, that one. I mean, Hollywood is very. <laughs> Which is what I was alluding to earlier. Yeah, the the casting of this film. I mean, come on, man! Like, he was the ancient one. Was an old Asian man, mm-hmm. and I. Well, I mean, I mean at, at least it didn't go with like a. a Stereotypical, just make him a white man, right? Yeah, I mean, still, just, I mean that was a that was a big know, thing but, when the casting of this film was announced. Yeah, that that this is point. there are very few opportunities for Asian actors just in general in Hollywood. Yeah. And when the Marvel the comic universe right now mm-hmm. is aggressively mm-hmm. diversifying, yeah, uh, to a, a really great effect. I mean, generally the reviews have been spectacular what they've mm-hmm. done with their comics. Yeah. Uh, in in 
introducing more diversity into their like mainline superheroes. Uh, this was an opportunity to do that, yeah. and it was an opportunity they they shunned. I mean, it's, it's a process typically referred to as whitewashing, yeah. where you take mm-hmm. you know Asian or black or Hispanic or whatever character and you just cast them with white people yeah. because that's what Hollywood wants. They feel more comfortable with white people just, playing all the roles. Yeah. It was kind of egregious in this in this story because so much of this story is about Eastern mysticism. Yes. To be fair, from what I understand, I've never read the comics. From what I understand, the early work where these comics were created, mm-hmm. uh, they were pretty, at best, you could say, culturally insensitive. Absolutely. Uh, at worst, <laughs> uh, really racist. Absolutely. But uh, still, I mean, if, if you're making a film about it in 2016, it seems like that would be a great opportunity to kind of Fix course it. correct. Like, yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what led to how they portray Wong. Mm-hmm. Because right. Wong was initially he was um Doctor Strange's servant. Mm. So that was how they changed that up. Like in in first and foremost, like if anybody didn't notice, like the guy who played Wong is actually the guy who plays uh Kublai Khan and uh Marco Polo. Yeah. Mm. He is. Yeah. So yeah, Benedict Wong. He's uh, he's yeah, also Benedict in Wong. uh Sunshine. what's it not Mission to Mars, what's that other movie with Sunshine. That? He's also in Sunshine. He's, he's that's yeah, that's not a Mars one. That's what's the one the Oh Matt Damon. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. He was in um, the Matt Damon movie that was big. The the the, the, the Martian. The, the Martian. Martian. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Martian. yeah. Okay. He's a really good actor. He's really yeah, good. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So but, I I enjoyed him in that particular role too. I mean, I thought it was overall. It was a, I was actually looking forward to it because with Doctor Strange and his you know his powers and the mystics and everything I thought that Marvel could do some fantastic things and they didn't fail on that one I totally mm-hmm. agree on that aspect for sure he yeah I, I thought it was visually stunning especially I mean I watched it in uh, 3D IMAX mm-hmm. the first time I watched it and like that's one of the reasons why I really enjoyed it the first time I feel like because like I really got to get the full experience you know I just think that the second time around when I watched it on standard uh, on a standard screen, it kind of took away from some of it a little bit because there's so much depth, obviously, in 3D in the that it just kind of made you feel like you can kind of see him in this environment where it's like crazy, colorful, mm-hmm. uh, weird shit just kind of happening. Mm-hmm. And you can see him in there. There's depth to it. So you see him floating around. It's, just, it's more effective that yeah. way. Um, so when I saw it in standard... And maybe it's just our screen or something. It just seemed a little darker, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it just kind of took away some of the effect. And yeah, I just yeah. kind of found that it just didn't resonate yeah. as well as the first time. Yeah. But, uh, but Justin, what, what did you think about this? Uh, so I, I definitely enjoyed the visuals like everyone else. Um, enjoyed the effects and everything. I, I, I loved how they could bend time and bend buildings and stuff like that. I really liked the the, the reference that you made to Inception. Yeah. Um, that was the first thing I thought about when I saw those type of things happen in the movie. I did really enjoy the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just thought it was kind of like blah. Totally. You know, and... Uh, I hadn't heard of Doctor Strange. I didn't even know that was a, like a a, a a part of Marvel, uh, but because I'm not really like a Marvel head in general, I, I like most of the movies. But we were talking on the way here, and I was like, "Well, I didn't really like Captain America, mm-hmm. like the first Captain America." Mm-hmm. So it, it it probably like has to like the series will go along. It may grow on me, but like the first movie, I was just like, "This is not." A super huge story to gotcha. me, and I know it's probably going to intertwine into like maybe the Avengers or something else. But 
it, it the story was just kind of bland to me. Yeah, like I thought I thought there could have been more, especially with all the effects that they have. Mm-hmm. I thought there could have been more to that, and I thought they could have did a better job of just kind of like foreshadowing what he was going to do next. And I know they often have like those things at the end of the movie, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, it it just didn't give me a, like a good feeling as to like how this is going to intertwine the entire Marvel story. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree with that. Like the story was pretty weak, for sure. It mm-hmm. just kind of hit a lot of those stereotypes and uh, that we're just so used to seeing in just action movies in general, and then also just in the Marvel universe right yeah. now. Uh, you know, like my my talked about it a little bit too. Just like yeah, it's a stereotypical origin story. Yeah, in a way. Um, but then really, where where most of the enjoyment comes from and what they're trying to make like. They're trying to get the audience to take away from it is 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 just the visuals, right? Mm-hmm. So like that was cool and it's, it was amazing, indeed it was. Yeah. But like for me, story is really important, and like we talk about Cedric, getting you attached to characters is really important. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, I never really felt an attachment to anyone, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and that's that was crucial for me. So like, yeah, he's an asshole, and and then he starts he's to smart. become a better person. Yeah. You know, Whatever, you I know. think maybe the, the hook is that he's a bigger asshole than yeah. any of the other Marvel heroes before I, I guess, they, they they get their comeuppance. But even to me, more than Tony Stark, though. I think he was meaner than Tony Stark. Yeah, he, was. he was. I mean, like when yeah. he did like her, his conversation with Rachel McAdams, right. is completely yeah. dismissing her. But yeah, like he never. He never redeemed himself in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, for, yeah, that's for that, that yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like that's too. Like you can say whatever you want about Tony Stark, but he redeemed himself. Like he was he just became a better person, and you bought into it, right? You know, right? Well, he had the flip where he was the weapons manufacturer, yeah. and then he very early in the film, he finds out like he he sees firsthand what his work has wrought. Yeah, and then completely flips. He's totally against what he did before prior to yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Although he still gets you know. Have cool weapons and shit, so right. uh, that's totally <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, in this film, it didn't feel like he really. I mean, I, if if we want to talk about specifics, we should like let people know ahead of time that it's gonna. Well, let's see. Do you that really like have real have details? A, I actually, I do. Well, I mean, there's things I want to the specific things I'd like to talk about. Okay. Uh, I mean, if, I guess in, in more general terms, Rachel McAdams, who I just mentioned, uh, yeah, is like a she's a good actress. She's a, a well-known actress. Yeah. And like like Natalie Portman before her, she was cast as a Marvel hero girlfriend. Yeah. Who is like a totally one-dimensional character. She's not fleshed out. We don't really learn anything about her. <clears throat> she serves no purpose other than to like patch him up and like fawn over him and chase him. And Yeah. Yeah, and no, that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of bothered me a little bit too just because like, yeah, right? Like, I like that Marvel is trying to cast great actors for these roles. But then when you underutilize them, especially mm. like... Another female character that's just not getting the proper treatment that she right. deserves. Part of that about- is a problem with like the Marvel, the Marvel like standard origin story format. They're only going to flesh out one character in the movie. Yeah. That's the only person you care about. And, and I mentioned earlier when you were talking about the Batman movies, mm-hmm. and I feel like they have the exact opposite issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of like the the DC stuff is about the villains. The villains are really interesting and really yeah. fascinating and you're you're drawn to them and you want to watch them. Absolutely. And the superheroes themselves are kind of bland and kind of they're just kind of reacting to the villains. Yeah. And it's the exact opposite in the Marvel like every Marvel movie has a forgettable not really interesting villain except for maybe Loki and they've reused him over and over again. Right, yeah. And and you really only care about the superheroes. And that seems like what was especially the case in this movie where like 
we really care about Doctor Strange if you care about him. He's the one they're putting all the focus on. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is just kind of there to play a role right. for him, to react to him. Right. So, I mean, in a way, I guess you can kind of defend the whole Rachel McAdams thing, Rachel McAdams thing by saying that. I don't think that that's a defense. I think of, that's a serious but, problem with right, what they're but, doing. But either way, it still doesn't, you know, it's still a problem that female characters are just not getting their due in, yeah. in this universe, yeah. you know? And also, but, well, I mean, it might be the exact opposite problem when Miss Marvel is made, which so I'm awesome. really looking forward to because Brie Larson's an incredible uh, yeah. actress. I don't know if anybody, if you've seen Short Term 12. Yeah. Yeah. An amazing movie, and room. Uh, starring yeah. uh, uh, a guy who's on Atlanta now. His friend is like one of my favorite characters yeah, on Atlanta. Right. He's, he's so good, but I he's in. I think Short Term Twelve was like his first movie, and it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's probably just going to flip. I'm thinking where they're going to have this incredible female actress, and then everybody else is just going to be throw away, which isn't really solving the problem. Although it would be ironic if that's the picture in which they solve the problem when they have to like have male characters around her and they're like let's flesh them out <laughs> yeah uh, uh-huh. yeah the, another thing that really kind of bothered me with this film is is something you alluded to earlier and it's the idea that both of you actually that he didn't really learn anything no yeah. uh he per, when he goes through his training usually in these films a person is wrought low and then they have to kind of build themselves up mm-hmm. realizing that everything in their past and the way they were was wrong and it doesn't seem like he really goes through that he goes through a very like quick period where mm-hmm. he's like sitting outside the door of their right, training facility. Right, yeah. And it seems to go by really quick. Like, even if making that, like, a montage where you get the idea that he was there for a week or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he was there for, like... And they literally say, like, like five, five hours. Five hours, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of crazy. And then he goes yeah. in there. He disregards all of their rules. He progresses extremely quickly. And suddenly he is... I mean, this is a... It's a concept that's often brought up, like, the white savior... Which is a little weird in this film because they, again, they whitewashed it. So it's not even like a white guy coming in and taking over the Asian culture. It's <laughs> a white guy just surrounded by other white people. Right. Uh, but like th- this idea of like dancing with wolves and, and Avatar and all these, these the last previous samurai. films. Where, yeah, Last Samurai starring <laughs> Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, the idea of like they bring in the white guy who immediately absorbs their culture, becomes the best of the culture, right. and is the savior. And that's essentially what we have here, only he didn't even... He he was never wrought low. It was always he was he always maintained a bit of his cockiness mm-hmm. throughout the entire film, mm-hmm. and his like his confidence that he's better than everybody, and it pays off in the end. Like he's the guy who's better than everybody. Yeah, yeah, I totally, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. see, my yeah. thing, I viewed it just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the things you were saying was true. Like he did not necessarily. Well, he was humbled in a bit because he was extremely arrogant. Of course. He got into the accident, and then, of course, he couldn't, you know, do, you know, the surgery or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like because he hasn't been humble, well, because he progressed so, I feel as though they've all been talking about him. And they're saying, okay, you've been able to progress so well in science because, you know, your photographical memory, mm-hmm. you're so smart, blah, 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 blah. And and then that's why he was able to, you know, do so well with the magic because he just kept on reading and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? And that's how he progressed. I feel as though the other things that he, the other issues that he have not resolved, hopefully, I'm hopeful that mo- what Marvel's going to do in the next movie mm-hmm. is that those issues that he hasn't resolved are going to come to head in the next film, mm-hmm. yeah. whereas... The person who trained him, Mordo, is going to have to expose him mm. and uh, attack him at those flaws, those flaw, those faults. That's so a I'm, fair point. Yeah. So yeah. I'm thinking, 
I'm thinking this is just a setup because it, it is an origin story and it's essentially supposed to be a setup. Yeah. So I view it in that way. So everything y'all said was was true. Mm-hmm. I just view it that that is supposed to be something that's unresolved that's going to come to head in the next film. You're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great argument for sure. And especially because when you even do when you look at the previous movies, when you look at Iron Man two. Where he's still dealing with his flaws. What one of the main things of that movie, one of the f- main plot lines, was him dealing with flaws and like alcoholism and things like that. So like I say three, the, even more so Iron Man three. Yeah, so and then Iron, well, that thing. was mostly post Avengers, right? PTSD kind yeah. of thing. Um, but but part two was yeah, you're right. Like him trying to still fight the the character that he was before and and those bad characteristics that yeah. he had. Yeah. So you're right. I mean. Potentially, it could be heading that way. Yeah. Right. So I mean, but I guess we just have to wait and see, right? But yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I don't know. but like I said, I, I mean, not to like, I, I want to say some positive things because I'm just shit on the movie right now, so. uh, and I said I enjoyed it. Uh, but something you mentioned earlier about the development of Mordo, uh, I don't know how they went in the comics, but like as you said, it sounded like he was just more straight up villainous. Whereas this one. I feel like there's a greater understanding of how he gets to the point where he's the antagonist. Absolutely. Uh, you can see his perspective. Mm-hmm. Where he's coming from is like, we are causing problems. Mm-hmm. And if the solution is just getting rid of us. And if that's going to be his mission in the next film, that it totally makes sense as a progression of his character. Yeah. Um, and another thing I wanted to talk about was just specifically the ending. Uh, yeah. The final confrontation with the... Do we want the, to go into like... Are we, are we well, I mean, we're very, at the very end here, so I figured... Okay. Unless you wanted, there was something else you wanted to mention. No, I think we pretty much like talk about anything else. Yeah, because I actually. But I guess yeah, if you want to. I really liked something. the ending. Uh, right. The ending. Was the way cool. he resolves the final conflict. Right. With was... the main villain, the main guy that was like yeah. they kept talking about. What's his name? Right. The big bad. I forget. I don't, don't even try to get me to remember that name. Poodoo or something like that. D- D- something Dora. weird. Like Dora. that. You're thinking of Pooh like from The Wire. Uh, no. No. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but. Typically in these Marvel movies, and it actually, I mean, it, it certainly relies on that a little in this film. Yeah. They, they just become punch fests mm-hmm. where, like, some people have all these ma- magical powers or some kind of superpower. But in the end, it comes down to two guys punching each other. Yeah. And what I thought was so interesting and fascinating, it was so interesting and, and kind of, like, a really refreshing is the end of this film, is that his resolution to the conflict is not by punching the bad guy. Yeah. It's by negotiating with him, yeah. by, com- by by playing like a mind game with him and, right. and trapping him. Yeah. And he negotiates a peaceful withdrawal with the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was, it's, 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 it's yeah, brilliant was and such brilliant. a change of pace from what the other Marvel movies have done. Indeed, indeed. Well, you know, guys, I think we're kind of near the end now. <laughs> um, but yeah I mean overall I guess just final impressions would you guys recommend this movie to, to people I mean it's a big movie people are probably going to go watch it it made like 90 million dollars in opening yeah. weekend so it's one of the I mean it's not Avengers but it's right. one of the the, the bigger uh, successes among the individual right, exactly. character movies yeah so, so overall Marvel impressive movies. like well, how would you rate it I guess if you can quickly rate it I would probably say you put a number on it? Five out of ten. Like, you know, like a, a three and a half out of five stars, or whatever you want to say. You know, uh, like I, I, I mean, if you're gonna go watch this, I think it's worth 3D. You know, or mm-hmm. maybe even IMAX 3D. Maybe that may be going a little too far, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy it in that format, so I say 3D or IMAX 3D. So. I never saw it in 3D, so I don't think it's necessary. I, I enjoyed okay. our screening, but yeah, I mean, thumbs up for me. I think probably 
Solid seven. I think uh, it's better than I thought it was going to be. It's better than the Thor movies. More entertaining, generally. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has its issues, obviously, but if you can get past those... uh, I mean, we've been getting past them casting white people in minority roles for... (laughs) Since the beginning of Hollywood, so... (laughs) uh, If you can get past that a little bit longer, uh, yeah, it's an entertaining film. All right, Cedric? Um, I would say... uh, Seven and a half to eight. Yeah, I would. I would give it that. Um, I guess I viewed it a little. I mean, I, I mean, I'm one of those people. I like most stuff. Yeah, like, I'm mm-hmm. one of those type of people. Uh, and then, of course, I am hopeful for the um, the future, like for the sequel, and then how they're going to fit him in. And I knew for a fact, honestly, I knew for a fact that they were going to be his next interaction with an Avenger was going to be Thor mm-hmm. because the first. Thor, I want to say, when he was speaking to, I believe it was Natalie Portman's character, and they were saying how magic, science, and religion all work together in his realm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Thor is definitely going to be the next character they're going to introduce him. So I'm looking forward to that. So I'm going to, like I said, seven and a half, eight, and I'm hopeful for the future. Gotcha. I think if you're a uh, Marvel nerd like Cedric, you, (laughs) you will like it. Uh, I probably give it a seven. Seven off the fact, and the seven I think it would be mostly because of the visuals and like the effects. Yeah. Otherwise, like I'm a big kind of story kind of guy, and the story just did not grab me. So I give it a seven, uh, just mostly based off the visuals alone. So it's like a, a go see it, but like don't expect a lot. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So all right. Well, that's it, guys. Um, we're at the end. So, again, Cedric, uh, Justin, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Really fun time, man. Love our conversations. Good, good. Uh, for sure. So, uh, so I guess if you guys want to share uh, how people can find you on social media, if you want to share that information, how would people be able to do so, Justin? Cool. Uh, so, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at jgill1. Uh, so, it's J-G-I-L-L-1 on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, but like if you know me on Facebook, like if you know me personally on Facebook, then I add you. But <laughs> other than that, you can find me on on, on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, right. and uh, once again, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Mister You Weak as Hell. <laughs> Put it all together, Mister You Weak as Hell, uh, on both Twitter and Instagram. Awesome, Mike. I'm at Mike Gonzalez at Twitter. M I K E G O N Z A L E Z. All right, and guys, you can find our show, like I mentioned, on iTunes uh, by searching for Something Cinematic. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Uh, we really appreciate that stuff. And, and, of course, subscribe to the show. I mean, you can find some of my other projects. Uh, something, I'm sorry, that's this one. Um, <laughs> the Few Brews Podcast at FewBrewsBeerClub.com and iTunes now, so we're there. So it's about craft beer, and uh, you should check that out for sure. Mayula Sun, which is an audiovisual storytelling project that I run with my buddy Tommy and Jason Amen. Uh, so check that out at mylosun.com and you can find me at the Lopez23 on Instagram and Twitter. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you again, Justin and Cedric. You guys have a good night. Talk to you later. Peace. Peace.